welcome to The Good Complex. I'm Hillary Kennedy. We're so glad that you've joined us. You know, here on The Good Complex, we love to have conversations that highlight the good that's being done in the world. And we also talk about some of the things that are more challenging, more difficult, and uh, sometimes just downright painful. And today, we're going to have a little bit of both. We get to highlight both the good and some of the, the more deeply uncomfortable things that we need to talk about. So, I'm glad you've joined us. This is going to be a really, really helpful, wonderful conversation. And I'm here with Greg Holmes to help yeah. kick us off today. Yeah, this is um, this is a conversation I've been really looking forward to. Um, you know, we all are getting updates, um, news updates every single day about the war going on in Ukraine right now. And sometimes I was just talking to my wife um, recently that it sometimes it feels like it doesn't like like it's it's hard to imagine this is 2022 like sometimes the news feels like it's coming from the 1940s or something like that and it can seem like it's very very far away and very distant and you you see some of the stats um of of just i think the un says it's, it's close to 3,000 civilian casualties um so far right now five million refugees that have have had to flee ukraine and, it, and sometimes it can feel very very far away but because of our relationship, sometimes for some of us, it can feel very, very close. And, um, and for me and for at the church that I'm involved in, Chase Oaks Church, um, this is, it feels really close to us because of our guest today. Uh, today, we're going to talk to Anatoly Prokupchik, um, and he is a longtime friend and partner of Chase Oaks Church, the church that I'm involved in. Um, and you have just recently uh, made it to America, and we are so we're going to hear your story, and we're so grateful um, that you're safe, that your family is safe, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing your story. But first, let me—I'll uh, just introduce to everybody. You were the founder of of Kiev Theological Seminary, yes, uh, which you founded in 1995. Right. Is that correct? And correct. then you served as president for 25 years. Yes. And so at the at Kiev Theological Seminary, you train pastors and theological leaders to, to go out and become leaders and to, to help others on their faith journey and to care for their communities well. Um, and then the bombs started falling um, here um, really, really recently. And I'd love to, to sort of hear about that. Yeah, we want to start from the very beginning with your journey. So when did you know that a war was actually going on? Uh, it was the night of uh, 24. And... Uh, when we woke up, the rockets began to fall, and uh, we heard the sounds of boom, boom, boom. And uh, then initially I thought maybe, I don't know, maybe it's loud music. Uh, you know, like you're just confused. And we found out it's, it's the rockets falling on Kiev. And so we, we were, it was, it took us by surprise. And uh, we, we just That's didn't believe it. That's interesting that you yeah. said, because yeah. from, from the distance, you know, looking yeah. you know, on the other side of the yeah. world, we could see there was talk of the buildup and that this could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And surely you guys knew that that was going, that, I guess, had, that, that had just sort of gone on before and you didn't think it would actually happen this time? The war in Ukraine actually goes on from 2014. Oh, yeah. And the fighting is all, all the time, fighting and casualties and everything in the eastern parts of Ukraine, Donetsk and Lugansk area. Crimea was taken, but it was pretty much uh, without warfare. And uh, so we didn't believe, we, we understood it's a crazy guy there, but all the threats and manipulations, but we didn't believe it. We didn't believe it would come to the real bombs and rockets falling. Well, so at what point did you realize we need to get out of the city and go somewhere else? You know, I should admit I'm not a very smart guy. 
And uh, because we didn't plan even to leave Kyiv even then. Uh, we didn't go to bomb shelter. Uh, you know, for simple reason, I was afraid to be buried there. You know, if a uh, rocket wow. would hit this, so I decided I would better die fast. And and uh, our son-in-law, and uh, uh, he wanted to leave because he has a wife and two little children, our two granddaughters. And uh, he told us, let's go and leave. And I know some families where parents just were adamant, we don't leave. And because of them, children were struggling or just staying with them. And we didn't want to produce any problems. We say, okay. Let's do so. After two nights of bombing, we just packed things together and we left. So what did you pack? What do you take <laughs> with you? Because it, it would be question. hard. It'd be hard to know in a situation like that how long you're going to be gone. Are you oh, going to be gone yeah. for two days or two weeks or two months? Or, you know, I, I know you've been gone for several months now. So what did you pack to take with you? Hillary, uh, if it would be my wife, I probably would go with the like notebook or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she packed everything, and uh, there were we we didn't expect to be in Poland. We didn't expect to go to U.S. We thought mm. we'll be for a couple of weeks in the Western Ukraine. Uh, so we and it was winter. So she but she packed perfectly, and mm. she got in our you know like sanitary things and. Uh, Underwear change and the, you know, good yeah. clothes and sweaters, which would make us at least flexible for several weeks, and uh, in, in the toothbrushes definitely. You know, toothbrush you need always. Mm -hmm. right. When you even going to die, you need a toothbrush. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, it was packed for two weeks of, mm -hmm. of living in a in a country where you could buy things, and we definitely mm -hmm. could go. And, you know, people begin to buy buy more things, and uh, but still things were available. And so for two weeks. Was it wow. easy to leave, to get out of the city? Uh, um, to get out of the country? That I guess was, you got uh, out of the city first. Uh, uh, and you, you, didn't, you didn't just leave Ukraine no, right no, away. You no. Didn't, so you went to another part. Uh, I believe that was a good schedule, you know, like uh, by Providence, because uh, first day was crazy. How, you know, because everyone, when bombs yeah. begin to fall, everyone was just crazy to leave Kiev. And Kiev is a big city. It's a five million something. And finally, two million left from Kiev. Oh my goodness! And uh, so we went second day. Second day was a little bit better, and we just went outside, and people were standing, you know, outside of buildings. They were afraid to go inside, especially big apartment buildings, because of bombing. Oh wow! And uh, and we left. And I would say uh, we left Kiev relatively easy, but uh, travel to Western Ukraine was very difficult. Instead of like. Some roads which were more straight, they were bombed already, and uh, we uh, went more like a regular, you know, like a roundway, and instead of three hours, it took 15. Wow. Mm. And I heard the lines with cars waiting to get through checkpoints and to get out of the country, the lines were just days and days long. Yeah, we knew it already, and but we didn't plan to go to the border. We went right. to the place where our in-laws, yeah. they had a country house, they had apartment uh, and also country house because uh, why it's important. If your communications and infrastructure is, is bombed in country house, you could use coal or wood mm. to warm yourself up. You mm. have a well with water and this, some facilities to survive for a while. And that's why for us it was destination point. We never thought to go to the border, and and it was would be crazy, like you say, you know, lines were several days, and people were like begging for food or something warm. And mm. that was how many were in your group? 
traveling? Was it just you uh, and your wife? No, or? no, it was uh, son-in-law, daughter, daughter, son-in-law, two grandkids, and in-laws. Our in-laws were as a guest in the, okay. our daughter and uh, our daughter-in-law and son. So uh, four and four, eight, and uh, so 12. Mm. Wow. And so how did you end up here in the United <coughs> States? And how has your experience been here so far? It's Texas. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's like <laughs> heaven here. <laughs> one, one, one of my professors, he tells me, Anatoly, you are Texas obsessed. I tell, so what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's worse things to be obsessed right, about. Right. And um, again, nothing was planned. That was a pure providence, whatever people believe, but I could not call it otherwise because... When we came to the western Ukraine and to Rivne, a city called Rivne, my grandma lived a long time ago, not close by. Mm -hmm. And there was a big, uh, small small town called Zdolbuna with a big uh, railway you know, station. They now bombed it. And uh, so we arrived and we thought, well, we'll be there. And... Uh, and we, we packed and bought supplies mm -hmm. and we rented apartments. And it was a good time because, you know, demand was high and mm -hmm. proposal was low. And then in one week, my son-in-law again, Alex, uh, like first time, he said, I would feel better if you would take my family out of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandkids and... And, and he's not allowed to leave. Is no, right? no. Men under 60. Okay. They're not, they're not because they're fighting age? Fighting age. Yeah, wow. not allowed. And... Uh, and I and then they was I was desperate. When we left Kiev, well, okay, we leave Kiev, not very far, you know, mm -hmm. even fifteen hours, but normally three hours. But then I was felt desperate because it was tearing the, you know, family apart. It was so painful experience, and I I, I didn't pray. I, I wailed to God mm -hmm. to say, what should they do? Mm -hmm. And to find a car and to go to the border, and then my friend called me, American friend. <laughs> Yeah, from Texas, actually, he came to Warsaw, and he called me, said, Natoli, I really would like to take you out uh, from Ukraine, you and your kids, grandchildren. And uh, I say, Craig, I mean, his name, uh, Craig. I say, Craig, it's like a lullaby. You know, it's the mm -hmm. voice of God or something, whatever <laughs> you would like to call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he arranged for us a uh, minibus, uh, and the guy who drove it was a chaplain who took also his family out mm -hmm. of, of Ukraine, and our graduate, KTS, Kiev Theological Seminary graduate. Uh, yeah. And actually, his, he was from Bucha. If you heard about Bucha, mm -hmm. the atrocities done there. Wow. So uh, it's good he took his family out. And uh, he packed us. And in three hours, in three hours, we were on the border. And, uh, and we came. That's not the story that we're hearing from a lot of. So that was, that was great right. that you were able to. It was the providence of God. That was the providence yeah, of God. Because yeah. we took so-called dangerous route close to you know Belarusia, mm -hmm. it's where rockets were coming in. Mm -hmm. And we arrived and we saw a line for cars. We, we were supposed to cross the border on route, uh, on foot. Mm. And, uh, and for cars, it was still a couple of days wait. But for us, on foot, it was five or six hours. And we were after COVID and uh, little kids and we were so brutally cold. Oh, wow. And I, I say, God, we are done. Mm. We are done. It's just impossible that we would survive this. And we were in the end of the line. And there is a bus coming, young guy, and he calls, oh, those with the little children, come in. 
And um, my wife told my daughter, forget about luggage, forget about us, just grab kids and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we and they went in the bus and we dragged all this luggage to us. There was a lot of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put anything to my teeth and only. So we dragged this and finally we pushed luggage inside. And the guy just look on us. We're gray. He says, "Oh, come in. We have I have two two seats here for you in front by my side." Wow. Yeah. You guys, you need to live through this to yeah. understand. Yeah. So and then it took only only three hours to get through the checkpoints and everything, and our friend was waiting for us. Poor freezing thing, you know. And then so you went from there to Poland, is that yeah. right? Yes. And then you went from Poland to America. Yep. And so so here in America, it's just you and your wife. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And so back in Ukraine, you still have a, a son, a son-in-law, and a Do- daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law in Ukraine. How are they doing? So far, they're doing good. Okay. You know, well, praise God, it's really, it's still safe. Actually, it was my decision to go to the Rimne because I felt somehow that it should be safer than to go to Galina's, my wife, uh, hometown, Lviv, which almost right on the border. Uh, but uh, a lot of people there, a lot of refugees, mm-hmm. and uh, and the bombing is more severe there. Yeah. There was some bombing around this uh, town, I mean, about city where uh, Ira and Slavic son and son-in-law and, and daughter-in-law, but not so severe as it would be mm-hmm. in in Lviv. Yeah. Well, here at the Good Complex, you know, we we like to hear stories of people who are, you know, making a decision for the common good, or maybe. Um, making sacrificial decisions for the well-being of other people. And um, you guys were put into a situation where literally bombs are falling and people are dying. And it's very scary. And I know you well enough, and I know your community there at the Kiev Theological Seminary, that y'all didn't just say, okay, every every man for himself, you know, that um, I'd love to hear from you as a leader, as a a Christian leader, um, and as as a husband and father and grandfather, like all that kind of stuff. What does it look like to um, care for people when things are that traumatic? And, and how has your community sort of helped each other? Uh, first of all, I will tell you, uh, church has very high reputation in Ukraine. Hmm. I mean, every church, uh, every you know, denomination yeah. has a very high reputation, mm-hmm. much higher than politicians. Uh, army probably coming to the you know, to mm-hmm. the level of reputation, and uh, for us, somehow we we were not scared to panic. Mm-hmm. No one panicked. We encouraged our people to leave if possible, and to cooperate cars, and uh, that they would find uh, some kind of ways to you know to travel. Uh, we asked them not to stay in Kiev. It would be cruel. Uh, to ask them to do something there, mm-hmm. and uh, and seminary, we have a couple of people who decided just to stay in seminary anyway. Older people, they mm-hmm. like it there, and there was a lot of food available for them, and they and they continued to serve for humanitarian purposes, oh, just wow. taking mm-hmm. people. So did in. you open up the school? Oh, yeah. And, and, yes. Okay. That's wonderful. And uh, because there is a place to stay, place to, yeah. and and they they cooked for them for people who came Aww. and fed them, and uh, uh, it was not a permanent shelter. It's mostly right. like a transition points, right. a yeah. transition point. Uh, and people were because they were moving from the east to west normally, and they saw they could come and stay a couple nights, or, you know, like several days, 
and then move further. And because Kiev was not a safe place, it could right. be just intermediate point, mm -hmm. that's it. And actually all of a family heavily involved in church. Mm -hmm. Our children, you know, like uh, on the both sides, our son, son-in-law, and, uh, and we, our son and daughter-in-law have a big so-called Livingstone ministry in Kiev. Hmm. Yeah. So they continue this, this through the Zoom and trying to make people to be in contact and mm -hmm. to encourage one another and to pray together, have our meetings, but on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, our daughter and, and son-in-law, he's a pastor at local, big local church. Again, all graduates from KTS. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but it's like with DGS, <laughs> uh, wherever you go, you see graduates from from KTS. Yeah. Uh, and Keith the, Theological Seminary. Keith yeah. Theological yeah. Seminary. And they're great guys. They yeah. are free. They're kind. Yeah. They're caring. They're not short by denominational issues. Yeah. They they fight not fight for politics and yeah. the people like them and yeah. uh, like them to be in the ministry and then and when we moved to the Rivne area to the western ukraine there were also our graduates and uh, even the mayor was a was a christian <laughs> and, wow. and uh, so they had a big hall you know to have uh, services but most important they had place for refugees and these people came from east they are not church people at all they never probably even stepped in the church and when they saw the kindness and love mm. shown they were crying they were literally wiped out by kindness of this of church and uh, of pastors and the church members the first thing they come in and say are you are you hungry we would like to feed you mm. you know do you have a medicine we have a medical supplies uh, you see it gives me a chill on my back when i think about this mm. and all this and what is important also all churches they united they didn't make any discrimination what church, Catholic or Orthodox or Baptist or Evangelical, yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, you just come in. Mm -hmm. Every church cared about everyone who would come to their, to their That's wonderful. threshold. That, yeah, that gives me chills thinking about everybody coming together like that in a time of great need and all those differences go out the window mm -hmm. when you really see a need yep. and have the opportunity to love on people. I would love to know, what do you think would give Ukrainians hope at this point where we are right now? Uh, there, there are several th things, actually. Uh, one is the kind of pattern we have uh, in Ukraine of uh, assaults. And one was in 2006. Assault? Or, or assault, mm -hmm. uh, okay. like assault from the Russian, oh, the Russian gotcha. forces. Right. Uh, it was a so-called Orange Revolution. Mm -hmm. It was a bloodless, but mm -hmm. millions of people came out against uh, reacting against Russians trying to push us in mm -hmm. in Russian sphere of influence people wanted to stay in the civilized European you know like region yeah. <laughs> of thought and the feelings and then that was a so-called revolution of dignity in 2014 that was bloody they killed people came on we were on both both revolutions our family and the people who went outside, went, went to the main square. They went against, again, Russian encroachment on Ukraine. But then, you know, like 115 people were shot. Just mm -hmm. pe people, not combatants, just mm -hmm. uh, common people who were standing there on the square in the freezing weather. And, uh, and Russian snipers were shooting them, just mm -hmm. in cold blood. And uh, we called now and them Heavenly Hundred. There's more mm -hmm. than 100, but when yeah. you see here mm -hmm. heavenly hundred it's about these okay. people some pastors some priests yeah. were and pastors and some our pastors were standing with them there mm -hmm. 
we were we just didn't, didn't get the main part because we were scheduled to go again to U.S. in the winter. Started when we were in U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, for us, when we came and saw all these burned buildings and everything, and saw these pictures and everything, we cried. You know, like it was so so difficult. And then actually, we felt like uh, if we would even be able to get into to Ukraine, because we could get stuck somewhere in the, in London. And maybe we'll stop flying. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what development would be. That revolution would won. Mm-hmm. So then it was difficult, difficult time. And uh, and I also I was involved, you know, in the in the, like Reiner, you know, writing open letters to our leadership uh, because some of our denominational leaders they were kind of wishy-washy. We just wanted to state that we against the cru- you know, violence and the cruelty and uh, any you know persecution. You know, people mm-hmm. experience not Christians, but generally people experience mm-hmm. this. So, my name again was, uh, you know, there. And uh, but we, we went home, and by Lord's grace, we came, and it was practical end of revolution. Yeah. So it is another thing. So this is a third time. Mm-hmm. This is the bloodiest. Yeah. Like we, it's almost like an eight or ten year pattern. You know, like two o six, two o fourteen. Yeah. Two o twenty two. So it also, and two times then, you know, got won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's why, what I say, you know, people won. And uh, it gives us a hope that this time God will win. And uh, people will win, and Ukraine will win. And this is one part of hope. Another thing, you see, it's, um, I don't want to sound spiritualizing, it's more like a spiritual battle. It's mm-hmm. not, there is a political dimension, a religious dimension, historical dimension, but in actuality, it's a fight for freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of person, freedom for family, freedom yeah. of expression, for freedom, of, for the fundamental freedom of normal living in civilized way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, has there been... You kind of touched on a couple things a, a minute ago when you were talking about how your communities come around folks uh, in, in Kiev. Um, but it, has there been anything good come out of this or that you've seen pop out? And maybe it's the way people have responded and loved and cared for folks or, or whatever. But um, I'd love to, and, and maybe this is an unfair question with, with, with this type of scenario going on, but... Um, do you see glimpses of good and, and things? Do you see the, the goodness of God um, show up in different ways? Greg, it's, uh, it's a very good question, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a very legitimate question because I love history. I know war brings really bad and sometimes very good in people. From the more down-to-earth and simple thing, uh, you have neighborhood watch here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it before the war. Now we have neighborhood watch, mm. you know, wherever our apartment, yeah. our children, people make groups. They create like Viber groups and they check in what's going on around. They check in on one another apartments because some people left, some, some people returned. Like last time they write, whose car is this there? Who's the owner? Mm-hmm. They, oh, yeah, this is refugees. looking out for each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, oh, these are refugees actually from the East. You know, I, I, oh, it's no problem. It's okay. Yeah. Refugees come yeah. and leave. It's, it's a normal thing. Or, and they looked at everything would be clear of any suspicious objects because they have now booby traps. 
mm-hmm. and bombs and mines and need to be conscious. So some strange people, they immediately call to, to the security services. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's interesting, like in the room there where our now uh, children stay, uh, Galina called to security services because uh, what they did, rockets need to have a target. And the people, the agent provocateurs, they use special paint and they paint a cross. It's a special paint which a rocket uses for mm. targeting. Mm. And they specifically warn us, if you see people with paint, just call, don't mm. touch them because they would have weapons, but call security service. And Galina saw one in the field, just just doing this kind of strange stuff. We, mm-hmm. we didn't come to, to, to see. And uh, and she called to security uh, security service, and they come on on the guy from four different oh, directions. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so this is you know, like then people. This is all good because people became to be aware and starting to care to one another and care for their own country mm-hmm. and care for their own environment. And uh, the the best. So we call them about common people. The brightest, you know, goodness definitely shines through church. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever church. When I say Christian. It, Catholic, Orthodox, yeah. whatever. This is the brightest good. I mean, there's so much love to poured in the country, so much care, so much concern. So people who are hurt, you know, who are really traumatized, and uh, you do tell them, you know, don't preach to them. You just sit with them. Yeah, care and for them. They very often ask, just please pray for us. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. what they want. And uh, I... You know, I, I always was kind of uh, caring about Ukraine. I, I live in mm-hmm. Ukraine, but I'm surprised that so much good will be pouring through the common people from their everyday life and everyday care. I love hearing that. And it's it's been neat here in the United States to see the show of support for Ukraine and see people flying the flag and wanting to donate in ways that they can. But I'm curious to know how you feel and how the Ukrainian people that you know, how they feel about how the United States has handled this. If you think we're doing enough, if you think we should be doing more, I'm curious to know, because I think a a lot of people Mm -hmm. here feel like, well, we're doing what we can, but I would, I would love to know what you feel like the Ukrainian people, how they feel about what the U S is doing and how they're responding. Uh, Hillary, uh, first of all, even before war, uh, Ukrainian people considered uh, America a friend. Mm-hmm. Because there are some feelings not necessarily positive about Germany, which were justified later, <laughs> something. And uh, but America always a, was a friend. And a major surprise for was for for Ukrainians was Great Britain and uh, Johnson, mm-hmm. and who just prime minister who came up so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the war was coming, no one believed Ukraine would survive long. Why to invest something? I mean, we were given a lot of weapons from United States, from Europe, and uh, from NATO, uh, but it, it, that was not sufficient at all because no one really believed we will stay long. Uh, the Russians put like a special bulletin, like saying, breakfast, uh, you know, like nine o'clock, taking Kiev, twelve o'clock, uh, lunch, two o'clock, <laughs> right. and uh, parade, and three o'clock, and yeah. something go. Right. N- nothing of this happens, and everyone begin to understand it's going. To, Ukraine is going to fight, yeah. Yeah. and then the help begin to literally pour, and uh, United States was the first, first of all, allowed amount of weapons and money and support and encouragement and the coming of officials. Even when it's a war, they were still coming and helping us. Is amazing. They they stayed on the top. 
And uh, for us, it wasn't even a surprise because we always believe the United States will stay stand by us. Mm. So we are very grateful for what they, and we feel it's 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 great what they do. We always need more. Ukraine, mm -hmm. I mean, war in Ukraine requires a lot of resources, mm -hmm. a lot of weapons. And yeah. uh, but if it wouldn't be help from U.S., we wouldn't survive long. Yeah, mm. honestly, I tell you as, as it is, mm. whatever feelings enough or not enough, you know. But for us, it's just great. Yeah. But major surprise was Great Britain, who became to be our real friend, who were always like British aloof a little bit or something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, Steve Fialip, you know, something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but that was great. Yeah, I have one, I know we probably need to wrap up here pretty soon, but I have one um, kind of final question, just to hear you talk, and, and I'm, try, I'm putting myself, trying to imagine what you've experienced. And like you said, this hasn't been the first go around. It might be the bloodiest um, that you've had to go through, but this is... You've, you've gone through a lot. You've gone through a lot very recently, and you've only been back in the States for a few days. Um, and I think, I think if I had gone through that, I would be a basket case. Like, I would be just emotionally completely wrung mm -hmm. out. And you seem very strong, um, and maybe that's just um, your character. I, or I'd, I'd just love to ask how you're doing. Like, how, how are you emotionally right now? Um, and maybe it's too raw or that's a hard thing to, to, to answer, but um, how are you doing? We answer usually uh, reasonably well in the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> um, Greg, first of all, uh, we still have emotions. Yeah. Like uh, in the morning, almost every morning, I came up and I look on the news and it's a needle in my heart. Hmm. I mean, it feels like almost literal, you know, like depressive. It's hmm. not anger. It's not anger. It's more like a like needle, like an internal pain, not hmm. physical, but, you know. Then we'll see one of our friends coming up to the kitchen and we rejoice. Yeah. For us, is now is very important. Like, I guess it's for every refugee to be with people. Yeah. You guys, as long as you would have a support around you, you would feel, and you never know your strength until mm -hmm. you really try it. Mm -hmm. I'm a special case, I will explain, but all people, especially those who have a strong faith, they have a strong, usually, character mm -hmm. because they have someone who cares for them. But we still experience pain. When the evening comes, also the pain very often comes back. And we wake in the middle of the night sometimes, mm -hmm. and we like we don't like sirens from ambulance or something because it reminds the sirens yeah. bombing. Mm -hmm. sorry and uh, but still uh, you know in my case in the case of my family we were always persecuted we were always you know under pressure most mm -hmm. of my family was killed by Russians by communists by KGB mm -hmm. I was under uh, several years under KGB surveillance and interrogations I was on the you know interrogations when the blue party was in the 2000 2004 then it was not scary it was ridiculous then because after kgb every interrogation looks like so you know <laughs> and that's why you know our character is formed yeah. by my fa family experience and we expected something bad will happen you need to you know trust god and, and stay stay strong but it doesn't relieve us from the feeling of pain mm -hmm. we, we feel for, for Ukraine and uh, yeah. for the situation. But at the same time, we are so much grateful when we see our family so much involved in the ministry, so mm -hmm. much involved helping others. My daughter is a special case. 
I'm kind of networker, but I'm more of like private person. She is very much open person, and uh, on she has like a, literally thousands of friends, and she connects people from all around the world for refugees to find apartments, to find the car, That's to wonderful. find the escape route, to find the stroller. To, to get, I mean, I think Natalie. Her name is Natalie. And Natalie, you need to pace yourself. You know, mm. somehow you need to sleep and take care of kids and <laughs> something. We're a strange family, but you see, we are we are formed by a very difficult experience yeah. in the past. We never had relaxed life. And mm. but please don't think you will be basking. <laughs> because you never know. You know, you never know guys what would happen when this right. will come. That's but I, again, if you have faith, without faith you would not live in these circumstances yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. You would be totally lost in the darkness. But if you have there is a very strong chance that you'll be just fine. I mean, pain there, everything, mm -hmm. but you're not going to be in panic or lost. Well, thank you for that. And thank you. We're so grateful for you. We're mm -hmm. grateful that your family is safe. Um, and you, you've mentioned to me a little bit earlier that all of your faculty and staff and all the students at Kiev Theological Seminary are safe. Amazing. And it's so amazing. That's it's incredible. It's great. Yeah. Before we close out, is there any way that we can support you or support the people of Ukraine that you know of anything you would recommend that we do or that you think mm -hmm. would be helpful? Any any support? We are, we are really blessed people as a family because our friends, they take care of us and church take care of us. And uh, But Ukraine needs a lot of support. Please, you know, like if you know anyone who could send food, clothes, mm. funds, whatever, uh, please encourage people to help. Uh, we don't want people to deprive themselves of their mm -hmm. necessary things because we care for other people too. But if they're able to, any help, uh, like Tyson, one of my friends from Oklahoma, sent a bunch of Tyson chicken. <laughs> That's a great thing to send. Yeah, That's right. jump a lot of uh, 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 around like many hoops with European oh, yeah. regulations and everything. We were writing back and forth. He was trying to tell me, find me That's someone great. who would let me do bunch it. Of chickens. That's great. Yeah. So, but any help would would really be be very much appreciated. That's great. Anatoly, thank you so much for taking the time to talk thank to us and share your story. We really appreciate it. And it was lovely to meet your wife as well. She just seems like a wonderful woman. So thank you very much. Thank you, Hilary. And thank you to all of you for watching and joining us. We love to hear from you. So be sure to like, subscribe, leave us comments, let us know what you think about the show. And just remember to get out there and make it good.